It's the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Here's the Globe's Editor-in-Chief, David Wildstein. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, We are now 38 days away from Election Day. And vote-by-mail ballots, uh, those that automatically get their vote-by-mail ballots, they're already out. And and votes have already been cast in this election, and ultimately that's what this election is all about, is people have to get votes to win. I know it sounds very basic, but, but those are the rules. So I'll be talking a lot today about the 2021 campaign. I'll be joined by State Senator Vin Gopal. He's the, he's the youngest member of the New Jersey Senate, a rising star in state politics. And and that's coming up around 4.15, and then around 4.30 I'll speak with Eric Arpert. He is the campaign manager for the Republican nominee for Governor Jack Chitterelli. And a big week coming up, which is the first gubernatorial debate between Chitterelli and, and the incumbent, Phil Murphy, and that will be on Tuesday night. Uh, after that, at 4.45, I'll, I'll talk New Jersey politics in the governor's race with Micah Rasmussen. He is the director of the Rebovich Institute of New Jersey Politics at Ryder University, and he is he's one of the smartest people I know, so you won't want to miss a thing anybody has to say today. Uh, so as I talk about voting already, just to refresh your recollection, COVID caused New Jersey to have a mostly all-vote-by-mail election in 2020. I mean, turnout was, was record-setting. It was absolutely extraordinary, but it was also a, a presidential year. Now folks seem to be anxious to get back inside voting machines. Uh, according to a Monmouth University poll released this week, 54% of New Jerseyans plan to vote the old-fashioned way. That means they're going to go in person, walk into their polling place, and pull levers or hit buttons or whatever they, you know, they're using in that particular county, but they're going to do it on Election Day. And 35% say they'll, they'll keep voting by mail. And if they're, that turns out to be correct, that'll be quadruple the number of mail-in ballots from the last gubernatorial election four years ago. So there's a, a growing acceptance of, of having ballots mailed to your home, and then, and then voters get to vote whenever they're ready to, whenever they've made up their mind, whenever they feel like sending it in, any time uh, between now and, and Election Day. Uh, it's sort of like how people adjusted to watching TV on their own at their own convenience. I mean, not when the networks decided when they wanted you to watch the show, but 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 now whenever you are ready, whenever you feel like it. Now voting sort of the same way, and 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 there's more. So so uh, it, it's always something new in New Jersey. Uh, Jersey's trying early voting this year using voting machines, and what that means is starting on October 23rd, and it'll go through Sunday. Uh, October 31st, for those nine days, each county will have multiple early voting locations where you can go cast your ballots on a machine. And polling locations are going to be open from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Saturday and from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. There is no appointment necessary. Uh, You don't have to go through Sue Fulton at the DMV to get in line to vote. Everybody will get to vote. Uh, No waiting. And, and the Monmouth poll says that about 6% of voters plan to utilize this, this early voting option. So, so based on the 2017 election, that would be about 132,000 voters. But, but the purpose is not to 
to to simply add an option. The purpose of of the new law is to increase voter turnout by by simply being open more days and more hours and nights and weekends. And and that's what we're, we will all be watching for. Uh, I mean, something else I'll look for is is how some of the places in New Jersey with the best organized voter turnout operations decide to use early voting. I mean, I, I cannot wait to see what happens in Union City, where Mayor Brian Stack is a human GOTV machine. And Stack will have nine extra days to bring voters to the polls in his city. And frankly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if turnout in Union City hits presidential year numbers. Uh, one more thing. This week, Joey Fox, he's our New Jersey Globe reporter in Trenton, asked Governor Phil Murphy about mask requirements on Election Day. And the governor hinted that poll workers will be required to wear masks. But his administration suggested that voters won't face any any restrictions in trying to come into the polls. Uh, that means voters won't be required to wear masks or to be vaccinated in order to go into a polling place and vote in person. So so the way it looks now, if you're a voter and being indoors in a polling place where everybody is masked and vaccinated is, is your issue, then, then New Jersey probably isn't your state. But there is a very simple solution to this. If you don't procrastinate too long, uh, you, you need to just contact your county clerk and ask them for a vote-by-mail ballot. It is, it is not too late. You still have several weeks. And, and you'll be able to, to get the ballot and vote in the privacy of your home with, with no worries at all. This is, this is the new age in voting in New Jersey and, and, and in other parts of the country. So we, we will see where this goes. And, and this, is, this is not your typical election year. Uh, I started out in politics. I was, I was very, very young. So this is my... Uh, this is my 13th New Jersey gubernatorial election, uh, and, and never before have I seen such a, a limited menu of, of issues being discussed. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of talk about the things that, that, that you'd normally see, the, you know, about education and environment and government regulations, even, even about women prisoners who have been beaten and sexually assaulted. Uh, one thing's clear to me, and we'll talk more about this with, with Senator Gold Powell and Eric Arpert and, and Mike Rasmussen, is that, that there's really just two issues in this campaign. It's COVID and it's taxes. And what we saw in a Monmouth University poll this week is, is that when it, if you're a COVID voter, if you're voting on uh, COVID as your top issue, more voters right now, because there's still 38 days left to go, but more voters right now uh, uh, believe that, that Phil Murphy has done the right thing on COVID. They trust Phil Murphy more on COVID issues. But if you're a voter that cares about taxes, if you, if you think taxes are too high in New Jersey, uh, what the poll is showing right now is that Jack Chitterelli, voters have more confidence in 
Jack Chitterelli on issues of taxes. So, so we're we're looking at a an environment, really a first time environment for gubernatorial elections, where where the focus is on two hugely important issues. One candidate has an advantage on one side, and the other candidate has an advantage on another issue. And that's what these campaigns are all about. That's what the next thirty eight days are about. That's what we're going to see when we when we watch the first gubernatorial debate on Tuesday night is is what what are the candidates going to be talking about in terms of that issues and are they going to be able to broaden this platform to other issues of importance the kind of things that we have we have seen in the past so so with 38 days left let's let's see how this goes i will be right back with senator vin gopal the majority conference leader of the new jersey state senate to talk about this campaign and then later on eric arpert he's jack chitterelli's campaign manager and Micah Rasmussen of Ryder University. So please don't go away. Don't miss any of this. This is David Wildstein, the editor of the New Jersey Globe, and you're listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Here's the Globe's editor-in-chief, David Wildstein. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Vin Gopal is the majority conference leader of the New Jersey State Senate. He's a Democrat from Monmouth County. Senator, thanks for coming back on the show today. Hey, good afternoon, David. Uh, so we're we're 38 days away from Election Day. The, the Monmouth University poll this week has has Phil Murphy ahead by 13 points. Do you, do you believe these polls? I tend to trust the Monmouth University polling. They've been pretty accurate over the over the decades. And what's your assessment on the direction New Jersey voters are going to go in this year? I think you know, unfortunately for for Jack Chitterelli, voters have gotten a little bit more partisan, and uh, on both sides, it, he just has a tough time convincing those uh, voters in the middle, just because there's not that many left. Um, his campaign also has been, uh, up until recently, pretty confusing. He, he you know, talking about how Murphy eats pizza, or being from Massachusetts, or sodomy, or a lot of issues that weren't what we usually expect. And I think uh, now he's trying to play a little catch up, but it might be too late. But those were insider issues, right? These are, you know, we're, when you look at Chitterelli's TV ads, they're talking about they're talking about taxes, and and that seems to be his issue. Sure, but that's more recent. I mean, I would for the last seven, eight months, what have we really heard from him? Th- those are the stories that dominate the news, is the pizza and things like that. We haven't seen anything else. And there's not a lot of coverage. I mean, that's that's probably, I think, one of the problems with this race is, is there's there's not day-to-day coverage of this race for governor. Except on yeah. my side, right? uh, except on the New Jersey Globe. <laughs> that's every day. Except for New Jersey Globe, we're a little bit more detailed. But you're right. It's been uh, there, there's not that many weekly papers left. The daily papers are shrinking. Uh, even those publications that exist don't really cover politics the way you, they used to. And, and I am speaking with Vin Gopal, Democratic State Senator from Monmouth County. So before your time, and yeah, I mean even before my time, but back in 1947, New Jersey made a uh, a, a deliberate decision to elect governors and legislators in odd-numbered years. And, and they did it with the hope that campaigns for, for governor and for the legislature would focus on state issues and not not just be flotsam and jetsam of national 
campaigns. Is, is that still the case, or are state races now under the prism of national politics? I think it's a moment in time. You know, we remember 2010, the, the Tea Party uh, uh, year did dominate the cycle a little after that. Um, I think it's a moment in time, but I, I do think, you know, Jack Cittarelli, who's a, who's a nice guy, really hasn't run a good race. He hasn't run a compelling message. We haven't seen, I mean, David, correct me, I don't know of any prominent Democratic elected officials or leaders who have even given pause to supporting him, right? That's not what we've seen in the past of Republican candidates. Chris Christie was very successful in getting those, some Democrats, but even folks more in the middle to, to take a hard look at him. Yeah, but there were there were ex- some extraordinary circumstances of Christie getting getting Democratic support. I mean, there was Sandy. There were you know there were sure. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say it, but there were some threats, at, right? I mean, <laughs> but let's look at the first election, two thousand nine. Right? We even saw there was more pause for people that may not have supported Corzine the first time. It just doesn't seem like Jack Cittarelli has any whether it's uh, fundraising energy it's it's the traditional republican support he has and that's not enough of a formula to win here in new jersey where there's there's a million more democrats than than republicans and that's that's a big number that's a that's a huge absolutely number. so what does chitterelli have to do over the next 38 days to win this race i don't think there's a path for him to win at this point um he, he if he has not started to to cut through um i, I don't see how he's going to do it um the election has been dominated by COVID, and state poll after state poll has shown that most voters approve of the job, even though they have criticisms of some of the things Governor Murphy did. They overwhelmingly approve of, of what he did. So I don't know how he breaks through that. I don't know if it's possible. And, and I'm speaking with Senator Vin Gopal. We're, one of the things I'm, I'm seeing from public polling and, and from private polling that, that's been shared with me is is that it, it seems to be increasingly more difficult for elected officials to get voters to know who they are. Why is that? You know, it's uh, it, it goes down to some of the basic civics. I mean, we, we always we've talked about this, David, how for members of the General Assembly, how hard it is to break through across the state, regardless of what party. I have folks coming up to me all the time who are mad about. Uh, something going on in Washington, why I did something with Trump or Biden. And by the time I explain I'm a state senator, not a federal senator, that's Booker Menendez. Like that, that's a regular conversation I have. So all of those pieces make it just uh, harder. And I think we have to go back to basic civics and educating, educating folks what the New Jersey legislature are, what their mayors and elected people do, uh, and really comes down to basics. I think the average person unfortunately is just way too glued in at the federal and national level how much of how much of murphy's lead is a result of of according to patrick murray who i think is the gold standard of new jersey pollsters these days uh his poll says half the people i think it's 51 percent of new jersey they don't know who jack chitterelli is how is he supposed to compete if nobody knows who he is very hard very difficult um again 38 days not a lot of time uh, and again, to break through the noise is not easy. He's got to get a very compelling message. And right now, he has not had a good reason on why why to fire uh, Phil Murphy. Those that oppose the governor, who are traditional Republicans, who are Trump voters, they're already voting for the Republican nominee regardless. 
Jack Cittarelli to date has not really given a compelling message what he's going to do differently. And so he's got his first debate coming up Tuesday night. And this is this is the big debate because this is on the ABC network affiliates out of, out of the New York and Philly market. Uh, how important it is, is it for, for Phil Murphy to use that debate to protect his lead or for Cittarelli to break out? I don't know how important it is. I, I, I think the debates uh, have unfortunately become less and less relevant just because people people's minds have mostly been made up. I, I mean, I don't know any undecided voters out there. Uh, I mean, and I talk to a lot of people throughout the week, knocking on doors, talking to residents here. I, I don't think that was the case 5, 10, 15 years ago. There were more undecided voters at this time for any election. And that's just not the case now. Sure. And I mean, I think about I think about last year, and 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 very honestly, I don't. I don't think I I ever spoke to or met a single undecided voter in the presidential race. I don't. I don't think I. I knew people who were for Trump. I knew people who were for Biden. Uh, they were passionate. Some of them were 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 more lukewarm than others. But I don't, I've never met an undecided voter in a presidential race. Didn't never met for last year an undecided voter. Yeah, that's unfortunately becoming becoming the new norm people's minds are pretty made up and i don't know if that changes um but we we have seen folks becoming more partisan Uh, even though there's been a rise in unaffiliated voters in some areas those unaffiliated voters pretty much know how they're voting and i mean as i've watched you over the last four years i mean it it seems you haven't hesitated to to stand up to your party at times uh, especially i mean one issue that comes to mind was 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 an attempt to do a, a higher tax and vacation rentals, but but you're you're representing the Jersey Shore, and there were there were certain issues happening in Trenton that weren't in the interest of your your constituents. Is it getting harder for Democratic legislators to stand up to to Governor Murphy or to or to Senate President Steve Sweeney or Speaker Craig Coughlin when they don't agree with them? I don't know about that. Um, I think different element here. They might have a different challenge nationally. Right now, I've been, you know, taking on my party as it relates to to home grow uh, cannabis legislation and the failure of the the state's cannabis legislation that we passed. Um, I think there's areas. Um, you know, we've got a debate right now. I'm the sponsor of the Reproductive Freedom Act. Um, there's a variety of issues that I think that we all go back on. But again, David, it goes back to the lack of a real press out there, to credit to, to NJ Globe and a handful of other folks out there, most stuff doesn't get covered. The, the, I mean, I look at my daily paper, the Asbury Park Press. I don't even know if they cover local elections anymore. I don't think they do. They might put one paragraph uh, a day or two before November 2nd just to say who's running. But that wasn't the case 10, 15 years ago. There was actual real coverage of all these elections. It wasn't. It wasn't. And I mean, that, that coverage was expen- extensive. It was it was daily. And, uh, you know, that I, I think that hurt. I mean, personally, I think that that harms democracy. And and, and, of, and of course, and you, you've probably heard me say this before. It it will bother me on the Sunday before Election Day when when these newspapers run a story that says everything you need to know about the race for and, and they just haven't covered it. Yeah, no, it's, it's becoming bad. We've got some great weeklies here like the Coaster, but they're, they're really starting to be lower and lower. They can't financially survive. And you're up for re-election this year. I mean, you're a Democrat, Republican-leaning district. You beat a three-term Republican incumbent four years ago in a district, I think Phil Murphy lost it or 
you you seem to be taking this re-election very seriously. Oh yeah, I think you have to. I think um, once you, for any elected official, once you stop, that's when you should probably start start uh, start to stop running because uh, that means your heart's not into it. But I'm out knocking doors every day. I engage a lot of folks uh, that are Trump voters and that were Biden voters and all different sort of political ideologies because, you know, as you well remember in 2009, uh, Chris Christie became governor in large part because of Monmouth and Ocean counties. So I'm in a I'm in a unique area that's, you know, being the first Democrat in 30 years to to represent the state Senate in the 11th district. Well, thank you. I mean, we're unfortunately this goes this always goes too quickly when you come on, but but uh, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts. I've been speaking with Senator Vin Gopal of Monmouth County, and I will thank be you right. So much. Thank, thanks for coming on, Senator, and, and I'll be right back with Eric Arpert, Jack Chitterelli's campaign manager. So stay around for more on the New Jersey governor's race. This is David Wildstein, and you're listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Here's the Globe's editor-in-chief, David Wildstein. So Eric Arpert has probably one of the biggest jobs in New Jersey right now, he, and, and, and one that comes with absolutely no sleep at all. He is the campaign manager for Jack Chitterelli, the Republican nominee for governor. Eric, welcome. David, thank you for having me. It's good to be on with you. Uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you, you heard just before Senator Vin Gopal was on. He he said he believes the Monmouth University poll that had Phil Murphy 13 points up. Uh, are you buying those numbers? Well, I'm not. I mean, any pollster, and you know this, David, would tell you that you got to take these polls in context. So let's put this one in context. We've had two polls, recent polls, say that this race is a dead heat. I think that's more where it is, particularly when you look at the Monmouth poll. And we know that it is not infallible. Just last year, it missed three significant races, Pennsylvania by 11 points. It had Amy Kennedy up by six, five points a month out. Jeff Andrew won by six. It had Biden winning Florida by three. We know the Republicans are traditionally underrepresented in this poll. We think that's the case here now as well by up to 10 points. And so it's not infallible. But what do they all agree on? We know that all three of these polls agree that there's a GOP enthusiasm gap. Republican voters are more excited about this race than Democratic voters. And as you know, David, these races are about turnout. We also know that all three polls agree that the more people learn, see, and hear from Jack Chitterelli, the more they like. And that's simply not the case with Governor Murphy. When people learn about his failed record, the 8,000 seniors and veterans that died in our nursing homes because he forced them to take in COVID-positive patients, a third of our small businesses being closed, and a guy who says in the most taxed state in the country, if property taxes are your issue, we're probably not your state, does not stay popular for very long. So we are right where we need to be, and we are in this thing in a dead heat, and uh, we intend to get over the goal line. So one of the things I saw in this Monmouth poll is that, you know, there were there were voters who said they hold the state's actions on covid uh, from from a year and a half ago. They hold the state responsible for some of the, these things like like deaths in the nursing homes. But they don't hold Phil Murphy responsible. They think he's done a good job. How do you how do you you're going to have to change that perception? I would imagine if you're going to win this election, how do you do that? Well, look, we do it with the facts, right, David? I mean, we have the highest death rate in the country. 
when it comes to COVID. And as you said, this governor, over the advice of operators in nursing homes, forced our nursing homes and veterans homes to take in COVID-positive patients. Uh, we believe that there's a way to save both lives and livelihoods. And we have a, Jack has a fundamentally different view about how to handle uh, these types of matters going forward. But more importantly, David, and you talked about it with Senator Gopal, taxes continue to be an issue here in New Jersey. And you've got a governor in the most highest tax state in the country saying if property taxes are your issue, we're probably not your state. We're probably not your state. For folks like me that can't afford to get, and my, folks my age who can't afford to get started here, or seniors who can't afford to retire here, that's a slap in the face saying get out. And we believe that that is going to be a major factor in this race. And I'm speaking with Jack Cittarelli's campaign manager, Eric, Eric Arperton. And you have the first debate coming up on Tuesday. This is this is the big debate. This is the one that's actually on on real television on on ABC affiliates statewide. What can debate watchers expect of Jack Cittarelli? What does he have to accomplish in this debate in order to to advance his candidacy? Well, David, I'm not so sure about that. I think there's a pretty highly anticipated debate on October fifth on October fifth with a great moderator, but. Uh... <laughs> Huge. And Eric's talking about the lieutenant governor debate that I'll be moderating between Diane Allen and, and Jill Oliver. Go, go ahead. Let's talk about the gubernatorial debate first. Yeah, look, I think what voters can anticipate is a is holding Phil Murphy accountable for his record. And Phil Murphy's going to have to answer for some of the things we've talked about, answer for higher taxes and higher tolls and the lines at MVC and people waiting months and months for their unemployment. These are the types of questions that we have for Phil Murphy, and uh, he's got to make his case before the voters. And Jack's got to do the same, and we're, we're confident that he will. So what's Jack Cittarelli's path to winning? I mean, you know, for, aside from the obvious, which is he needs to get more votes than Phil Murphy does, <laughs> and, he, and he needs to do that through, I would imagine, big turnouts in Monmouth and Ocean County. Uh, you know, but he's got to swing some Democratic areas. What, what, what do you think your path is to winning this? Well, look, Jack's won seven elections in this state, all of them in districts that were Democrats outnumber Republicans. And so you're right. Um, we need to – there are certainly areas of this state that we're, in which Jack is already wildly popular, but we've been making the case to every corner of the state. No candidate has worked harder than Jack Cirelli. He's out seven days a week, day, day and night. If you want to see for yourself, follow him on social media, Jack for NJ and all the major platforms. And he's taking the message to areas of the state that Republicans don't typically go because we've got a positive and comprehensive plan to fix our broken state. It simply doesn't need to be this expensive. It simply doesn't need to be this unfriendly to our residents. Um, or our businesses. And so we've got a positive message of strength and security moving forward. And today, the Star-Ledger reported that, that Jack Cittarelli's uh, medical publishing company, the one that he uh, he owned prior to selling it four years ago, it, they say he was paid more than $12 million to produce education materials funded by grants from pharmaceutical companies. And, and, and those materials said there was a the risk of opioid abuse among patients with chronic pain was low. The, the Murphy campaign is calling this an explosive report, is it? David, if the Murphy campaign wants to talk about private sector records here, let's talk about private sector records, right? Jack had a small business that created jobs for New Jerseyans on Main Street in Somerville. Does Phil Murphy really want to compare his record in Goldman Sachs to that? Let's talk about the sweatshops in China paying people 20 cents an hour to make sneakers. Let's talk about the relationship the Murphy administration has with the McKinsey Consulting Firm that paid $600 million in a settlement for their role in creating the opioid crisis and continues to get paid by the Murphy administration. Uh, I, Jack and, and the governor will be happy to have this debate. Do you, do you think this would, I mean, 
will this issue stick or or is this a is this a one day star ledger story that that nobody's ever going to talk about again <laughs> this is a one day star ledger story behind a paywall david I don't even know how to respond to that because you know you're going to get me going on a totally different thing that we shouldn't be talking about. But but let's let's stick to the issues in this campaign, which is uh, uh, I want I would ask you about Governor Murphy's mandate that requires children over age two to wear masks while in daycare, and and Assemblyman Chitterelli's opposed mask mandates right down the line. The polls seem to show that voters don't have a problem with them. Why why? Do you think the polls are wrong? Do you think you're on the right side of that issue? I do. As one mother, young mother said to me, this is clearly a governor that has never tried to change a two-year-old. I mean, do we really expect a room full of two-year-olds to stay in masks all day? And is that what that child caring is going to become? Is this our best step forward is fight this disease? This is a decision best left up to parents. And it really comes down to what is the role of government? Is the role of government to sit on a high horse in their guarded mansions in the Navasink and tell us what is best for us? Or is it to listen, to learn, and to lead? Jack has been vaccinated. Jack promoted his vaccination. Jack has encouraged others to be vaccinated when the rules when, – when, when it's appropriate to wear a mask, we, Jack wears a mask. And it's that simple, but that's a personal responsibility. And look, I mean, just and just to be clear to people that are listening, I don't I don't think the New Jersey State Police is going to go into uh, uh, daycare centers and start arresting two year olds or, or, or charging them. I think it's more of a of a highly recommended way of doing things than 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 a mandate. But but this gets to an interesting point in this campaign, which is it seems to be that that, that there's a. There's, that's one area where there's a difference between Chitterelli and Murphy is is government's role. How does that play toward uh, issues like lowering property taxes and, and mandates on local governments? Well, look, you're right. It's fundamental. Governor Murphy is called the people of New Jersey knuckleheads. Right? Jack, who's, who's a Jersey guy, grew up here, his family has been here for 100 years, um, doesn't think the people of New Jersey are not pleasant. He doesn't think that's the role of our governor. The role of our governor is to listen to the people and to be responsive to their needs. And there's a University of Chicago study done after the pandemic, done in the midst of the pandemic, that tested the responsiveness of state governments to their people. And whether it was lines at motor vehicle or months and months of waiting for unemployment, New Jersey ranked last. You couldn't get people on the phone. Um, so. I think to answer your question, David, it's about do we ha- have a government that's responsive to the people, or responsive to the special interests, or just knows best? And, and I'm speaking with Eric Harper, Jack Chitterelli's campaign manager. I, I think I asked this question now to everybody, so, 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 so it's probably your turn now. Jersey's okay. a blue state, but since 1977, it seems that, that even a Democratic state prefers a Republican governor rather than reelecting a Democrat. Why, why is that? Well, look, the people of New Jersey, and you, you touched on it twice now in this uh, segment, in, in the 1940s, New Jersey made it a deliberate decision to separate our New Jersey governor elections from national politics. And so when you're the most, state, most taxed state in the country and you're watching your taxes go up and up and up, folks who raise your taxes don't stay popular very long, nor should they. They're not responsive to the number one issue uh, of the people here in New Jersey. So uh, I think the people of New Jersey have been crying out for a long time for somebody to come along, a small business guy and CPA like Jack, who will finally, once and for all, make it more affordable to live in this state. And Donald Trump's looming large in this governor's race. I mean, even though even though the poll says that voters don't seem to care uh, about Trump, he's 
he's he's everywhere. He's in every press release. He's he's in in every discussion that I'm in. Uh, President Trump's been endorsing candidates all over the country every week. He he hasn't said anything about New Jersey. Do you do you expect a Trump endorsement over the next 38 days? And and, and do you want one? Look, the only endorsement that matters is the one that gets delivered on November second. Right. And, and you know that this governor wants to make you heard we heard it last week. We heard every time out of the governor's mouth, this governor wants to make the race about Donald Trump instead of his failed record. But the reality is this race is going to be a referendum on Phil Murphy's record. And when the people of New Jersey begin to look closer at that record, they're not happy. And uh, we feel that puts us right in the best place. And and. What about what about traditional Democratic areas? One of the things Senator Gopal brought up is is you haven't seen Democrats coming out for Jack Chitterelli the way uh, the way you saw Democrats coming out for Chris Christie. Do you do you feel that you're getting Democratic voters to cross over and, and vote for you? We do. And you hit the nail right on the head, David. I mean, you're talking about a time in 2013 with pretty extraordinary circumstances. Um, but, you know, we see. Average Democratic voters coming across to Jack every day. We've seen in voter registration, people changing their registration from Democrat to Republican. And more importantly, and all three polls that we've talked about, three recent polls, agree uh, independents are fleeing the Democratic Party. Independent voters are fleeing the Democratic Party. And so we do have a million more Democrats in this state, but we've got 2.45 million unaffiliated voters, and they're leaning towards Jack Chitterelli. And, and I've been speaking with Eric Arpert. He is uh, Jack Chitterelli's campaign manager. Eric, thanks thanks for coming on. And people will tell you to get some rest. I'm telling you, you, you shouldn't get any rest at all. You should not sleep <laughs> no because rest. you can't make no up rest this time. No rest November. But thanks Thank for you, David. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. And I'll be right back with Mike Erasmussen, director of the Rebovich Institute of New Jersey Politics at Ryder. For more talk on the governor's race, don't go anywhere. This is David Wildstein, and you are listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Here's the Globe's editor-in-chief, David Wildstein. So Mike Rasmussen is the director of the Rebovich Institute of New Jersey Politics at Ryder University. He is an expert on New Jersey politics and campaigns, and he's, he's worked this from both sides. Micah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, David. I don't even want to count how many times you, you've been on it, it's, it, and, it and it's, it's always a pleasure. But, but I have to ask you a question just, just to start. It seems to me, and I, and, I, and I figured this out earlier, that this is my, this is my 13th gubernatorial campaign that I'm watching. It, it, it seems as though this is less exciting than a, than a typical gubernatorial race, maybe, maybe with the possible exception of Florio quarter 89. Do, am I getting that right? Yeah, no, I certainly, uh, as somebody who grew up on, on them, I agree with you. And I think there are a couple of reasons for that. And you discussed one with Senator Gopal, which is just the, um, the lack of attention that the race is getting. So there's that. And then there's also the idea, really, which is that uh, the pandemic is sucking up all the oxygen in the room. And so, really, there is very, very little else that is on, um, on the minds of voters right now, right? You know, when they think about state government, they're thinking about the uh, pandemic response. So, um, you know, I, I think we've, we're all a little fatigued by that. It doesn't mean that uh, just because we're talking about it doesn't mean that um, it's, it's, it's not stale to us. We've been talking about it every day for the last year and a half. It's just not that exciting anymore. And, and we have, you and I together will be uh, hosting the debate 
for the lieutenant governor candidates between the incumbent Sheila Oliver running with Phil Murphy and with Diane Allen, Jack Chitterelli's running mate. Uh, that's coming up on Tuesday, October 5th. And, 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 and quite frankly, I, I worry that this is, this is one of these tree falling in the woods thing. I worry that we're going to go and we're going to sit in there, you and I and Chanel McLeod from Project Ready, and we're going we're to ask very serious questions. And, and I'm, I'm concerned that not a lot of people are going to hear what they have to say. Do you, do you worry about the same thing? I do. It would be a real shame if that was the case, because, you know, we've talked about this and we've talked about these two very, very trailblazing women in uh, in New Jersey government, in New Jersey politics. Um, they both have such a record of accomplishment. Um, it really is the first time two women will be debating against each other, you know, on the New Jersey debate stage, uh, as far as the governor's and lieutenant governor's race is concerned. And um, uh, it is something we ought to pay attention to. But I totally agree with you that we may not be yeah. And what about the gubernatorial debates? Is, is this are, are voters, as as people have been talking about, not just Senator Gopal, but others, that that voters are so polarized right now on party? Are there a lot of undecided voters who who are going to watch a gubernatorial debate on TV and then make their decision? No, you know. Doesn't mean that people aren't going to tune in because they want to tune in and because they want to see what's going on. But in terms of using the debates as a tool to help figure out how you're going to vote, if people have already figured out how they're going to vote, and that's what we see is the case over and over, even the even the people who are not decided at this point, who we expect to be late breakers, we have an idea of where they may break because they are not predisposed against Murphy on his on the pandemic, on the on the premier issue that's on everybody's minds. They sort of go along with his response to that, and so we think we might have an idea where even they're going. So I think. I think uh, you're not using these debates generally. Not a lot of people are going to be using these debates as a tool to figure out where they're going on the race, in the race. And one of the things that I, 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 I do think is important is, is poll after poll, voters don't know who, the, who Jack Chitterelli is. That's, that's getting better. It was 60, 60-something percent a month ago. Now, now half the voters don't know who he is. is, is, is does that have the potential to to tighten this race as as Chitterelli gets himself in front of more people and they they now know there's an alternative well he's got to hope so um because he has you know as you know he's improved um his republican vote has some of his republican vote has come back to him right you know a couple couple points practically all of it i think Right, right, exactly. So he's not got a lot left to go there. And that's really where where I was going, which is that um, he's got to move beyond that now. Uh, it can't just be playing to the base now. He's got to turn them out, for sure, uh, the same as the governor has to do. Um, but um, but he's got all these additional jobs. He's got to introduce himself to half the voters. He's got to hold down undecided and Democratic voters because he's only winning uh, the 30% of expected turnout that's Republican, which is not nearly enough in New Jersey. Uh, you know, he's not getting any help at all from 7 out of 10 voters who are expected to turn out. So he's got to introduce himself to them, and he's got to hope that um, he can convert some of them. But really, it's not a persuasion race. We're not seeing a lot of persuasion issues right now. And that's really where people say, okay, we've got 30 days left, and um, we don't see where there's a lot of persuasion going on to win people over to your side, other than to just 
get people who are already on your side and fire them up. And that's really what both sides are doing. They're both playing to their base. That's what that's what Murphy playing up the Trump stuff is all about. And that's what that's what uh, Jack is trying to do with with his um, advertising and with his um, issues and his Trump issues as well as he's trying to turn out his base. So they both need to do that. There's no question about it. But Jack needs to do a lot more than that. And I'm speaking with Mike Erasmussen, director of the Rabovich Institute of New Jersey Politics at, at Ryder University. Uh, one of the one of the things that I I really uh, uh, took seriously in, in in this poll, and I don't mean to say that I, I, I took everything seriously, but something that really stuck out to me was that not just the head to head, but the fact that uh, the governor's approvals on COVID are 10 percent higher than his his regular job approvals. People really think Phil Murphy's done a good job on COVID. If COVID's the most important issue, uh, how does how does Jack Chitterelli over the next 38 days convince people, well, wait a minute, he didn't really do a great job on handling this? Yeah, that is the problem. There's there's a couple of lay, there's a couple of layers to that. One is that's what they're paying attention to. They're not paying attention to anything else. So you're playing right into Governor Murphy's advantage. His biggest issue advantage is the one that people are paying attention to. The second problem for Jack is that we have this very, very typically pragmatic New Jersey outlook, uh, you know, that uh, the governor's made tough choices. It's put us in better stead than some other states that are suffering right now. Uh, he hasn't gotten everything right, but they feel that we're safer now. We're safer than states that haven't made those tough choices. And the problem there is, and you've talked about the nuance there, that that people are really coming up with some some pretty nuanced views. The problem is that means that the mistakes are baked in. They're already factored in. And it's not like you can pick off on an issue that people already haven't thought about and decided what they think about. They've They've moved past it, right? That's already baked into the numbers. And I and, and and I see that I see you know one of the things that 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 really stood out for me was was nursing homes. That's a big Chitterelli issue. The number of deaths from COVID at state nursing homes and and the people the people seem to blame state government for that, but not Phil Murphy. Right, right. And here's you know so here's another layer of it on top of all of what we've just talked about. Even worse, I think, for Jack is that he's making it so tough on himself by staking out this hard right position on masks and social distancing and vaccines, because that's not sending the message. It's it's almost like he didn't get the memo, right? He didn't. He doesn't understand. It's almost like they don't understand that that's not where New Jersey is. And so you're trying to go in and you're trying to appeal to voters on the predominant issue that matters to them and talk to them in a way that they don't want to be talked to about this stuff. And so it really makes it, he's put himself in a box is really essentially what he's done. And I would, I would normally agree with you, except that, that, you know, I, I, I look back to 2016 and you would have said the same thing about Donald Trump's message when he was running against Hillary Clinton, that, that what he was saying was was not going to win him Pennsylvania or Michigan or Wisconsin or put him in in you know in striking range in Minnesota we would have the conventional wisdom is it would have been the opposite i'm i'm wondering whether this is Chitterelli's plan which is yeah. is hope that hope that urban votes hope that the democrats are less incentivized to vote and that he's just going to to win enormous margins out of Monmouth and Ocean County and yep. Western New Jersey. Is that, I mean, 
Is, is, well, you know, I hate to say this, thinking? and I'm glad we got to this before the end of the show, but this is the first, nobody's talked about this yet, this is the first gubernatorial election in 40 years that's going to be happening without the federal consent decree with the Republican Party. You know, it doesn't have to be a ballot security task force to just, you know, to just have a strategy of keeping voters at home. I'm not ascribing any motives to anybody right now. I'm just saying that if I were the Murphy camp, I'd be staying awake at night and trying to figure out and and, and make sure that this isn't what's going to happen at the 11th hour and, and you know, some, some sneak attack at the last minute to try and hold down the vote, as you just said. Yeah, and we're just we're just about out of time. But I want to ask you one last question, which is which is vote by mail. It's where I started the show that that a huge number of voters say they, they like vote by mail and they want to keep going. Republicans were Republicans complained a lot about it last year, but it seemed like they did better by it than the Democrats did. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so you're right that it's just up overall, and I have to explain this to people. You got to take last year out. You got to, you know, I mean, last year's the outlier, um, but the trend is still moving absolutely in this direction. Uh, and you're right that people want to go and vote in person, but we are glad that we have the options that we do. And really, what that ought to mean probably is that more people across the board ought to be be voting because we've got you know, the right method for you, depending on what your circumstances are. And so, you know, that ought, to, that ought to translate into better turnout than what we've seen in other gubernatorial years. So for nine days with early voting, we're going to know every day, not only how many people participated, but who they are and where they came from. So, yeah, so yeah. And gonna... you mentioned you mentioned Senator Mayor Stack, and, and, and that is such an important point. If Governor Murphy creates the GOTV of all GOTVs, get out the vote, uh, and, and has the ability to go and check the numbers every day and make sure that that's who's turning out. And you have the chance to go back at it every single day. It's like having nine, nine lives, right? Uh, if he spends the money, if he fights against the complacency, the numbers are just on his side if he can crank out those people. And this is almost a system that's designed to do that. Well, thank you. I've been speaking. It's always a pleasure speaking to Mike Rasmussen, the director of the Rebovich Institute in Jersey Politics at Rhino University, and, and my, my co-host, along with Chanel McLeod, of Project Ready for the October 5th New Jersey Lieutenant Governor debate. Micah, thanks again for coming on. Thank and you, David. You have been listening to this is the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is David Wildstein. I'm the editor of the New Jersey Globe. We'll be back next week with Governor Phil Murphy and others.